Welcome to the Everyday PM podcast, the podcast where we discuss project management principles for your everyday life. My name is Ann Campia, and I'm a certified project slash program manager with over a decade of experience working for all of the industries, retail, consumer goods, tech, marketing, you name it. I've been there. I've been a PM there. I am so excited to welcome John Darbyshire, who is the CEO and co-founder of SmartSuite, which is a no-code platform built for workplaces in every field imaginable just like all the fields that I've been able to dabble in as well. Uh, John's experience at EY and dozens of Fortune 100 companies helps him enhance the productivity of people and teams by aligning their work around common goals. John is passionate about creating experiences that enrich a company and realizing the potential of individuals. So John, what what an introduction. I love your background. Welcome to the Everyday PM podcast. For those of uh, for those who have not met you yet, please take a brief moment to introduce yourself to my audience. Sure, and, and thank you, Anne. It's a pleasure to join you today. Yeah, um, I, I'm a co-founder and CEO of a company called SmartSuite. We are a work management platform that helps manage any process or project inside of an organization on a single platform. Uh, most of your listeners are probably familiar with project management type products like Rike and Asana and Monday, ClickUp, Airtable. Uh, So we provide those similar types of capabilities on the project management side. But in addition to that, we provide kind of the more extensive process management type activities as well. So you could have a single platform to kind of manage all of that uh, together. Oh, gosh, what a dream. And how you figured (laughs) out how to do that is incredible because I've been in the full gambit of all the systems, right? And where you have multiple systems, you have to engage in multiple systems every day as a PM. So what a smart suite sounds exactly like its title. It, it brings everything together and what an amazing uh, feature for project managers to jump on because I, I know for myself that it, it can be overwhelming sometimes. So thank you for being that person that has created this for us first and foremost. So um, tell us a little bit about how you got there. How did you get to being the CEO and co-founder of SmartSuite? Yeah, you know, my career started kind of early on for me in the big X consulting firm. So I started out with uh, Pricewaterhouse. Uh, I ended up running their Midwest region consulting practice. And then after three or four years, Ernst & Young lured me away to run their uh, one of their global consulting practices. So that's where I really grew up in project management. You know, we had about mm-hmm. 1,500 consultants globally. Um, we had a global PMO that was set up to kind of manage and understand all of those projects. Uh, we had a team of people that built methodologies around the delivery of services. So we were consistent across all the different areas that were there. And then we had very detailed project plans, right? That each team would follow in the delivery of those services. So that was kind of my introduction to project management and PMOs uh, by, you know, two of the best organizations around, you know, project management that their entire business is around repeatable processes. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so that really stuck with me in my career. Uh, I left Ernst & Young and founded a company uh, called Archer Technologies. Uh, we helped manage governance, risk, and compliance processes and projects inside of some of the leading organizations around the world. I think 75 of the Fortune 100 were customers, 29 of the 30 top, uh, the biggest banks in the world were customers. So really the enterprise level uh, that was there. We sold that company in, in 2010. Uh, I had the chance to, I I thought I would retire for a while and we started a family foundation and did some really fun things with youth programs, women's initiatives and entrepreneurial programs. Uh, But to be honest, I I got bored. Like that wasn't my passion. Mm -hmm. I enjoyed it, but it wasn't my passion. My passion was really, you know, 
building software that helps support processes and projects for people and, and sure. meeting people to understand, you know, each person's a little different in how they like to manage things. And I, I like to take all that into consideration to build a platform that kind of solves that problem for everybody in their uh, unique ways. What an incredible journey. And I love that you, you, your background really speaks to how smart suite became a th- an idea in your head is what I'm guessing The the idea of smart suite was born of your experiences in your professional journey. So was there an, a, a moment exactly where you thought, Oh, I've got to create something to fill this gap that I'm seeing. Yeah. So that, that first one happened when I was at Ernst and young, I had the chance to kind of just travel and to meet with so many customers. And we were at that time we were delivering services and the, the clients would say, in six months, can you come back and do that same service again? And we give them the same recommendations for what was being done, mainly around organizations trying to go online for the first time with online banking or an online presence, right? And they needed mm-hmm. to make sure that the systems were secure and the processes were in place to keep those things secure. And the idea was to think about managing at that time cybersecurity components in the same way that you would manage any other right. process in a company like you know accounts payable, accounts receivable, HR. So my, the idea at Archer was to, is to, for the first time, define what those processes would be inside of governance, risk, and compliance. And we were the first company to do that. That's why that, that company has been so successful today. They're the leader in that, that space. Um, and what we found at customers is we built a no-code platform that, that solved that problem so that every customer could, could basically customize the processes to fit exactly how they wanted them to be or the projects that they were managing associated with those. What we found is that a few of our largest customers were using our platform to manage all kinds of things outside of cybersecurity. So that idea kind of stayed with me to help uh, organizations manage any process. So fast forward, you know, 10 years after that, when I decided that I really want to kind of get back into this game and help solve that problem. But for any size company, I don't care if you're one or two users or we have a customer that's 2000 users. We wanted to bring those same enterprise capabilities to the masses at a level you know, that's not been done before and also at a price point that's not been done before, mm-hmm. meaning our entry-level pricing starts at $10 per user per month, and you get the same features with the exception of single sign-on and some access control things as our enterprise accounts get that's there. So we felt that that is what would, would help us be unique kind of in this, this new space. Yeah, I was going to ask you, you actually answered my question before I even got to it is, is, is what is, who is, who is the, you know, key consumer of smart suite? And it sounds like you captured a wide net of people who can come in at an affordable level and really just get the full enterprise experience without feeling like even the company has to be of the size that would need enterprise type software am i does that make sense what i'm trying to it, say it, yeah it, it absolutely does you know I, I would always be frustrated I, I let me back up just a little bit but when i after we sold uh, archer technologies you know we did our family foundation but we also invested in young startup companies we invested in about 400 different companies so i had the chance to sit down with a lot of founders yeah and uh you know new ceos and the, the same topic came up just over and over which was they had this great idea how do I build the business and run the things in the business so I can work on the idea, right? So a lot of people were using spreadsheets and Google Docs. Some mm-hmm. people were using project management tools to manage processes. Some the other way around, processes. there. Maybe they purchased Salesforce to do some of their CRM, but it didn't talk with the other things they were doing. And yeah. we spent 
a lot of time talking about how do I manage, you know, the processes and projects in the company, and sometimes more time talking about that than we did the idea that they had, you know, as a founder yeah. that was there. So that's the core problem for any business that we're trying to solve is like to give them a single place to do this work that solves all those problems that they have. So in a typical organization, uh, like you were saying earlier, maybe has six to eight different products that they use to kind of have somebody do their job. So they're kind of switching tabs and jumping around a lot. Mm -hmm. So we were trying to say, how can we solve that problem where you don't have to have all those products, but maybe you want to have two or three, because maybe you do love to have Salesforce as maybe your key CRM and you just want to integrate data from them back into uh, you know, our product. So we try to make it easy for you to keep the things that you really like, and then everything else you can kind of pull into a single platform. That's great. doesn't sound like you need to be of a specific archetype to be able to utilize smart suite. And I know we're getting kind of into the weeds. I'm just so fascinated by this, just because I have a feeling those that are listening either have gone through this type of issue um, I, we've probably seen a lot of small businesses that wanted to start up die because of the fact that they were trying to solve for this gap in trying to start up their own small business. Um, how do you make things work together? How do you bring it all together? And I, I imagine in those conversations with those uh, people who are kind of the top of their small businesses, trying to run them or trying to get them started is they spent so much time over here trying to solve for this that they couldn't even get the idea off the ground. And I think that's, you present such a great opportunity for these people to be able to do so and not really think about that whole execution operational piece of it, which is fantastic. So with, with that being said, your management and leadership philosophies, because as we think about, you started this as a small business, obviously grown, but for those that are looking to start up their own small businesses or startups, what are some of the leadership or management philosophies that you would impart on them? Yeah, I, I would say just from my experience and having the chance to work with so many young companies along the way, but then also seeing how the larger companies that are really successful, like a Goldman Sachs, how well they manage all of the uh, people and processes inside the organization, right? It's very different from Goldman Sachs to maybe another financial services company and the way that they're, they're managing things. And what I've, my own principles and what I found is that things start with objectives and key results, what a lot of people call OKRs, which are before I can understand and, and before I start going and doing the work, let's understand like what's the objectives that we're trying to obtain and let's break that down by month or quarter. And then all the work that we're doing in the organization should tie back to that. And if it doesn't, two things have to happen. We either don't do that work or we need to change our executive objectives to kind of match the work that's actually getting done in the company right. Th that helps keep everybody aligned. Right. Sure. And once you know the objectives, uh, I'm really big on identifying measurable results. So, you know, what am I trying to get from this outcome, from this objective that I have in a way that I could say, I either met that didn't need it, or I'm kind of in a range that's there. And then once that's done, then it's, it's all about planning the work and working the plan, right? That's where the yeah. project management comes in. Uh, there's a whole host of different tools and ways that you can manage projects of different sizes and complexities that's there. But what's important is that you pick the one that's, that's, that works for the way that you want to work, right? It could be mm -hmm. as simple as a spreadsheet, or it could be as, you know, something more complex like smart suite that, that you have in place uh, that's there. And then, you know, just managing to that each day that you come in um, on what's on the plan, what needs to get done. A lot of young entrepreneurs, you know, startup founders, 
their days get really busy with yeah. all the things that are happening. And yeah. what gets set aside is working the plan, right? So they have to find the balance between the things that happen each day and then having the time set aside to actually get the things done that manage or you know, that mean the most to the business. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I can imagine they, I, ha- I don't have my own business, but even doing this podcast feels like running sure. my own mini business. And even, even that is sometimes a heavy task to be able to coordinate and understand when content has to go up and all those things that you have to think about as a small business or a startup that I, again, I'm going back to your software, but I think it's, it, it comes down to there's, there are tools available that can help alleviate some of that stress of somebody who's in that position. Now, um, when you were starting up your smart suite business, did you use your own business kind of as the first use case to make sure that what you, the objectives you wanted to get out of the software were actually functioning and, and doing all the things that you wanted it to do? We absolutely did. That's a great question. Um, we use our product to manage every process and project in our company. Hands down, every employee in our in our company uses our product all day, every day to do their job. And that's a necessity for us if we expect customers, if we're you know pitching them to do the same as well. And we feel that there are a lot of vendors, uh, even on the project management side, that don't manage their internal processes with their own projects, you know, mm-hmm. software that they have in place. And that's a big a, a big red flag. That means it might not scale to the level that you need or or something. So we 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 take a lot of pride in that we do that, but we also it helps us understand where we haven't done things, maybe the best way that they could be done, the most efficient way. So our team can find those problems first or those user interface little you know, quirks that we need to change before they go to the customers uh, as well. Yeah, yeah, makes sense. And then ultimately, you know, I think every business and every PM wants to find full value in their processes and, ulti- and, and look for continuous improvement and process optimization and that sort of thing. So once you've got a business to kind of a level of their, okay, now they're, they're using the system, it's working for their business and it's giving them some sort of workflow that is making things a lot smoother. How do you then ensure that the business can fuel further optimization at that point? Like what's the next step for them? Yeah. So one of the things that we try to do that's maybe a little unique, and I think this comes from my background at Ernst & Young, is that out of the box of our product, we have 200 uh, best-in-class templates. And templates is a bad name to describe this, but it's a best-in-class process of how to perform something, whether sales, marketing, HR, customer success. We have 200 of of those templates. So if somebody doesn't understand yet what a best practice looks like on how to solve that problem, we give them that capability to download that in three seconds. It has demo data. They can play with it, decide if that's the process that's best for them. And we give them a couple choices. We give you something that's more simple, and we give you something that it goes up to more complex with the bigger guys who've used. And that allows people to very quickly download those and then tailor those to fit exactly how they want to do that. So a typical customer for us comes in to manage either a couple of projects or maybe sales or HR process. But what happens over time is they start to realize that, okay, I don't have to pay any more money and I could start using all these other process templates that are here to kind of help us you know, get going in our business. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. There's oftentimes what I've found in my role is that we 
uh, I've been at companies where we've either made something internally and that's kind of been our main system of record, or we purchased something out of the box, but don't really get the full features, go, go that in depth to understanding how to use the templates and reporting and that sort of thing. So I've seen it kind of across all levels, but it sounds like there's a full breadth of offering once the business is ready for it, they can dive a little bit deeper and get even more value out of smart suite as well. So I, and, and John, I, I by no means meant for this to be an interview about smart suite. <laughs> I don't know how it turned into that, but I, I did want to make sure that we highlighted all the good things that this can do for a project manager, because I do think it, it, it in the suite of everything that we do on a day-to-day to be able to bring things together is such a great um, uh, feature of the software, but kind of going back to you and your leadership role with the company, when you talk about starting your small business or a startup, there's a lot going on. And then at the same time, you're dealing with having to get the right talent in the door and then ultimately building a culture or a great workplace environment for the people that then work in your business. So I know that there's a lot of businesses who kind of struggle to find their identity, even longstanding businesses, bigger businesses, whatever. I've seen it across the board, right? So for you as a CEO and co-founder of your own business, how do you ensure that the workplace environment is something that people are attracted to? And how do you create that uh, company culture? Sure. No, great question. So my background has kind of shown me that the best cultures that I've seen kind of come from collaboration that's kind of built into the way that people work each day. And regardless of, you could either do this organically just through different events and things that you do at the company, or you could do it through software, or you could do a combination of both, which I think is the best way. And that the work that the software and the environment are both trying to support the collaboration. And, you know, what I found is that different groups of people like different levels of collaboration, right? You take baby baby boomers. We like to collaborate. I'm kind of in that group, Um, but they're not quite as social as millennials, right? Millennials grew up a little different. They want to interact um, with their software and the way that they're doing the work that's closer to Facebook and Twitter and Instagram, the way that they've kind of grown up with things. And then you take the Gen Zers, which they absolutely grew up with a phone and an iPad and a computer, probably all three, right, that was mm-hmm. there. And at times, they like to work remotely on their phone and do the same type of work that they do on their computer or their tablet. In some cases, when I meet with them, they'll be working on their computer, but they'll also be doing something on their phone in the same software at the same time. Like, it, <laughs> yeah, they, they like to do a lot at the same time. But the key thing that I've, I've kind of taken away from that is that they like to know, they like to be able to share their personal profile of who they are with the people that they work with. They like to be able to look at those profiles of the other people to get to know them because they might not all be in the same office or if they're in the same office, different floors or different departments. Um, they, they like to be able to see work streams across departments or across mm-hmm. people to kind of see what's getting done in the company that's there. Uh, mm-hmm. So they feel like they're a part of something that's happening. And then they like to see what are the goals of the company and where are we at in, in obtaining those goals. Most companies have a sales goal right? Or a revenue goal that's in place. And people, they like to know, you know, are we at 70% of that goal? Are we at 110%? Like, where are we at? And to me, those things that I just mentioned are what helps build that culture, right? In the company of people working together. And then if you, you bring that together with some outside, you know, events that are in place uh, where people are like, give a good story at Archer. We, 
we gave each employee in the company three days off per year to go get involved in their community, just right. paid days off, right? Some people went to their kids' schools and did great stuff with their kids. Other people did Habitat for Humanity on a Friday or a Saturday uh, that was there. But what happened was employees got together and did things together, right? So mm -hmm. they started building those personal connections outside of work, but they carried over to work and work became personal at the same time, right? It wasn't sure. just a job. Like they started hanging out with those people more, their families hung out more. And it, it was just a, it was a fun culture. And I learned a lot from that. And I try to carry that forward, you know, what we're doing today at SmartSuite. And then anytime that I talk with a small business about culture, I try to say, you know, here's kind of the framework that I think you should start with. Oh yeah, of course. That sounds amazing. I love collaborative, collaborative cultures. I think that it's, and it's something that is, you can't force it, right? You can create the events to get the people together, but ultimately it's the human aspect of just people want to meet other people. And sometimes personalities, it's a little bit harder to be social and that's okay, but you create right. the environment for that. And then I think ultimately you get there anyway. And so when we try to tie that idea of how to build your culture and what you just said back to project management, the same things, the same uh, tools, the same principles that you're basing on your, your company on and how you built your culture absolutely ap apply to somebody who is trying to build a team culture or trying yes. to tap into the emotional intelligence of the uh, people that they have to work with as cross-functional partners. And so a lot of that is when you kind of walk it back, it's not really something you study in a book. It's just, you just put people in a room together and kind of just watch how they interact. So I love that, John. I love that you were able to do that. Yeah. I think it's all about, you know, encouraging them through, you know, the processes that you put in place in your company. And I, I'm also a big fan of, of the agile processes mm -hmm. for, for project management and that, you know, agile allows you to have stand-up meetings each morning for 10 or 15 minutes with each person on the team can, just quickly share, here's what I did yesterday. Here's what I'm doing today. Do I have any blockers that I need help with, right? Sure. And, and that's about each person having the chance to just share, but it's more about everybody else having a chance to understand what's going on, right? And feeling like they're, they're a part of the team uh, that's there. And we've taken it at SmartSuite just even a step further in that we have Slack channels and channels inside of our own product that, yeah. um, and sometimes we have people also post those, right? So not everybody can, you know, people miss standups for various reasons at, at times, but they can go back in the channel at any time and just kind of look back through and just get a sense of, oh, these are all the things that I've accomplished, or these are the things that my team has accomplished kind of over this period of time. So just that sense of, of accomplishment, I think is key for the motivation. Like, yeah. Yeah, that's great. I, and, and we're in this environment now where with the great reshuffle or great rehire, I don't know what part of this whole kind of, right. um, thing that's going on uh, due to a lot of uh, factors here, but we see a lot of people leaving certain places. And uh, it's interesting that you, you bring up um, something as simple as being able to go back through documented conversations of your accomplishments. And it's when you break it down, it's just a conversation you had with somebody probably problem solved something and it's there and you can go back to it and be proud of it. And I think we, sometimes we often get so burdened with work that we don't do that piece enough for ourselves to be able to just say, Hey, I actually did a pretty good job on 
this. And let right. me remind myself amongst all the 15 things that are on fire right now that as a PM, I know how to do my job. And I love that little tidbit about people kind of t- being able to go back and see previous conversations of how they problem solved before and having those conversations on the daily. Now, I know you brought up that you had left your foundation because, and if I'm botching your history, let me know, but you left a job because you kind of fell out of love with it. You, you lost your passion for it, I think is what you said. And um, I think to wrap up this interview, I'm curious because there's a lot of people who are leaving jobs to look for something that they are actually more passionate about, not just the jobs from before where you would go in, this is my paycheck, I got to check all the boxes, go home, repeat, rinse and repeat. People are now leaving jobs and sometimes not having something lined up. People are leaving jobs because they found another job, taking a pay cut or taking a lateral move just to find something they're passionate about. We're in this culture and in this environment of people who are pursuing something that they would want to wake up and love to do every day. So going back to your professional journey, you did that. You ditched something that you fell out of love with and you found something else. Now, would you say that was the best decision you've made in your professional career? And then the follow-up to that is, have you found your passion since then? Sure. Yeah. I, I think it's, to answer your question, it's probably not the best decision I ever made, but it's one of the more uh, rewarding or fulfilling you know, decisions that I made. Like yeah. when we started our family foundation, that's very fulfilling and rewarding. After four or five years, what I realized is that my true passion, I, I enjoyed helping people and and all the great things that we could do within the foundation with giving and, and, and our time and attention and money. Um, but my true passion was working with people and designing software to solve problems. Like that's how I'm built. When people talk to me about things in the back of my head, I'm thinking yeah. about it in a process way, right? Yeah. I'm, just, I'm, I'm built that way. So I felt great. that I could do a, do a better job helping that way and being successful and giving back than working in that situation uh, or working in, in that environment. Um, I can tell you that in our own company, we have employees in nine different countries that work with us. And um, over the last year and a half, we've had quite a number that have changed locations, right? And before, you know, when we had hired people, we'd hire people around a particular geography, maybe 30 miles around an office, right? And if somebody wanted to move, we were like, you can't work here anymore. Like you have to come in the office. So we found as part of our culture to be able to support that it's okay that people move. And what we found, especially with the, the people in their mid twenties to early thirties, a lot of them are moving two or three times. Like they're moving yeah. somewhere for six months and enjoying life. They work really hard all day, but at night yeah. and on the weekends, they're in, have new experiences. And I think you're going to see more and more of that, especially with the younger generation where that's just, they get bored easy and they need to be <laughs> in environments where there's a lot happening and going on you know, for some period of time. Gosh, John, this has been such a great conversation. And I love that you recognized in yourself what you're truly passionate about. And I think that is a dream for some people to figure out for themselves too. So, uh, and it's nice to find and find somebody who has figured it out and is now doing that in in their professional career. So um, any parting words for our audience, any words of wisdom that you want to leave us with before I let you go, John? Oh, I don't know if I have any words to whisper, but I, I think that uh, I, w- one thing that I often say when I get the chance to kind of give speeches um, is that 
you know, you need to really take ownership of your own life. And if you have people that are in your life that are holding you back for some reason, right, they're not supporting who you are now or maybe who you want to be, mm-hmm. you need to rethink that group of people, that tribe that you have that's supporting you because you need those people around you to support you to find your passion and to be really happy in life. And uh, I find that a lot with friend groups at the younger generations where two or three people will really be excelling and maybe two or three friends are holding them back, right? They have to kind of figure out that dynamic that's there or maybe your girlfriend, boyfriend, you know, a situation like that. But I, I, I often talk about, you know, you have to have that. And a lot of times for you to be fulfilled and to find your passion you need that person or group of people behind you that's helping push you you know to kind of get there absolutely absolutely not only be your own advocate but have that army behind you right this is this has been wonderful that was great I love that I'm taking that with me we're recording (laughs) this right before the weekend that's gonna be my positive uh mantra for the weekend and and thank you john for joining us on the everyday pm podcast this has been such a wonderful conversation with you and um i just want to say that for you and your company and for smart suite for those that are listening to i'm going to plug it for you because it is an amazing type of software so if you're looking for that for your company definitely um i'm just going to say hit john up because he's been on the podcast so there's your direct line to him but john if folks want to follow you um continue the conversation about just how do I find my passion? How do I start up my business? How do I get connected with smart suite? Where can they find you online? Yeah, you can find me online at, you know, on LinkedIn at John Darbyshire, J-O-N spelled John. And I'm happy to connect with you and have the conversations there. You can also find us at smartsuite.com. And you can hit any of the pages there with the contact us and uh, anything there will get routed to me as well to get back to anybody. Amazing. Amazing. And you guys can support this podcast by giving us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. We're on all of the podcasting platforms. So give this a listen. And if you want to watch the video version, it'll be there on my YouTube channel, youtube.com forward slash Ann Campia. Leave us a great comment, click the like button, subscribe, click the bell for notifications of when new content goes up, all of those good things. So that will do it for John and I in this installment of the Everyday PM Podcast. Thank you everybody for joining and listening. And until next time, take care.